it's nice though to, that's that's why i that's why i always use like lame simple beats just as placeholders you know so it's gonna be nice to hear that yeah. what's up mark how you doing hey, man mark? hey i have uh had a rough few weeks you know yeah, you... i won't won't uh won't deny that what are you what are you doing are you sick yeah, this is day twelve of a um, upper respiratory infection. Oh man, those Damn. suck. And then uh, last week on Friday, went Thursday to Friday, and then Wednesday to Thursday, I had two bouts of kidney stones. Ah, so you got yeah. the goop and the and the plug. No um, fun, man. No, plug man, and goop. I I just feel beat up. Yeah, I can imagine. Really beat up. And, I can um, imagine. What is it that you do in Volcano, Glenn? Uh, drumming and some bass tracks too. Okay, he does so, all the so bass tracks. You're the tracks. important. Don't, don't be the shy. Stuff. <laughs> he does all the bass tracks. The drummer cool. is the, the most important member. Of the this band, is so. this, this is why, and, and honestly, this is why I keep it. I like it this way because, like, Glenn writes the drums and he writes the bass, and those <clears> two <throat> things go hand yeah. in hand. Mm-hmm. So. That's a that's a cool unique perspective. What's up? What's up, so he, Chop? Hey, not much. Chop, Rick, how you doing? Hey, so uh, so he's the talented one of the band, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's there's two there's two thirds of talent in the band. It's Jeff and Glenn. That's we yeah. we already knew that. So and then they almost <laughs> called it hanger. They almost called it hanger on. You know, but um, uh, no. Hey, Glenn. It's nice to meet you. Yo, you Thank too, you. man. So from what Vic was saying, this is like this will be your first uh, band interview. Yeah, yeah, Volcana, yeah. yeah. We've never done a we've never done an interview. I've nice. I've talked to a few people, you know, on my loan, but I mean, I do that with Vindicator too. It's like nobody's, oh, yeah, I gotta I gotta play some video games or something. It's like no, but people like whole band interviews. So yeah, this is easier on me because I don't have to talk as much. And that's a hard thing to come by. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm a long-winded guy, man. Like I will talk, but it's so it's nice that's to have that, sure. that have that balance, man. Like I can just sit back and I'll probably just take a nap. You guys won't Good. even know. That might be the best interview we've ever had, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff said he's Jeff said he'd be right here. So sorry, okay, I didn't cut cool. you off. So oh, no, he's on his way. Now, if you just just did that with the rest of the shows and took a nap, yeah, have a yeah. stellar right now. Yeah, we'd, we'd, yeah, we'd have I think I'm just gonna make a cut out of myself and. Well, then just let me introduce myself. I am the hate hole they lovingly refer me to, so I, I'm real smart ass, and I come, you know. So, Good. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. at all like me. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Polar opposites. Yeah. Short and sweet. Right. Not all that fucking long head <laughs> wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you just got um, back from vacation, Did you? No, it was a wedding. Uh, oh, so, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Destination wedding. So, yeah. you know, we tried to oh, squeeze in as much shit as we could. So where was the but, destination? Uh, uh, Tennessee. It was in Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg. Oh, area. Nice. Yeah, nice. So, Beautiful area. Yeah, yeah. I love it there. I hate Tennessee drivers. I'm just going to put that out there right now, man. Like those mm-hmm. people like to drive in the middle of the road on mountain roads where there's no guardrails. And so yeah accidents did you go Those through kentucky real... and tennessee or did yeah you go to... right okay. 70 like 71 south yeah and, you know. yeah had i known Dude. i would have um I, I might have had well you were a little far out of the way out of galax virginia that's a little too far away for you what's in there oh there's a, a good store that sells um cannabis seeds but i don't think oh. they mail them out oh probably not because it's illegal to cross state lines yeah and stuff so. i got a cousin who lives in galax so he's next time he comes up i said look bring me some seeds dude <laughs> yeah right 
now you can apparently you can own seeds in Ohio. You just can't plant them. Eh, that's that's the loophole. Just, just don't like, show nobody. Just like you can buy fireworks, but you just can't let them off. Yeah, you, <laughs> you like can't shoot toilet them. paper, but you can't use it. It just makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy the sermon, can't wipe your ass with it though. You can wipe someone else's ass. Just Me and Vic cool. would be in big trouble with that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, man, I'm a wet wipe guy. Like I don't fuck around with that dry shit, man. Yeah. You know, my butt, my butthole is not a. See, like I'm a multi wiper. That's the kind of shit I have. So it's like, dude, I yeah. can't. You use half a roll, your asshole's on fire, wow. and it feel you know, the yeah. next shit feels like hot lava coming out because your butthole's <laughs> all red. And now I gotta have a wet wipe, man. Nice and just it's like yeah. a shower for your butthole. You like do can do a dry then a wet then a dry. Yeah, well that's that's what I do. I kind of mop okay. up. <laughs> yeah. clean up. And then the deep, the deep yeah. cleansing comes with the wet wipe. You got to okay. do the deep cleanse. How do you look, buy ones that don't of, break? Are they strong? Yeah. I mean, well, they're they're good now, but I still don't know if they're like septic safe. <laughs> you got to do double are, ply. But... No, I mean, like just going in and like not breakage for the digits. Oh, oh, I'm dude. I'm a I'm I'm a master wiper, man. Like, <laughs> I'm been, just gonna been... buy a bidet. You know, those Japanese oh, yeah. ones. I've thought spray. about it. Honestly, I've yeah. thought about yeah, it. Yeah, that way you know, save the trees. Just squirt yeah. warm water up my ass. I'll be there. They're on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're super. They're oh, super geez. easy. Just strap them onto the side of the toilet. Yeah. Now. Well, you got to run it through the warm water. I don't want the cold water. Nothing. You don't want that. That's, Ooh, that's no, no, that might be all right. That no, might be no, kind no, of no. I don't wake you up in the morning. But yeah, you know. that's what I'm saying. That's when I take my shit. <laughs> no, no, man. I'd... What's up, Jeff? What's up, oh, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? You going came well. in on a shit conversation. Glad to get yeah, out of know, that well, one. That's oh, going to cool. be the beginning of the show. You know that, Vic. I mean, anytime <laughs> uh, you start yeah. talking about shitting, that's the bumper. That's the show, man. Jeff, what is it? What do you do in the Volcano? I play guitar, the lead guitar stuff, and basically anything Vic doesn't cover. So pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> basically, okay. he sends me he click does. tracks. And Between says, you like, and Glenn, Please. you really don't even need Vic at all. Yeah. He sends me click tracks. I just, I just, like this one. I like this one. Tracks, like going... Yeah. <laughs> Vic, you already, Vic, you already met it. Vic, you already mentioned it's uh, two-thirds of the talent is already here. So it is. is. Already <laughs> See, you guys, now you guys know all I'm responsible for is writing the click tracks. <laughs> yeah he just, he just writes click 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 yeah you know, yeah and you pay for the uh cover hey man somebody's got to do it it's one of the most important roles in the band click okay, tracks <laughs> yeah well that's cool man i'm glad someone's yeah. got to this is phil this is sub and this is keg we're exit out and you're watching heavy metal horror I'm Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, I'm Chopped Up. This one's going to be volcanic, so stay heavy. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm not doing one today because I'm technically a guest. So. Yeah, you're a guest. And you are watching and listening to Heavy Metal. Oh, Yes, tonight, kitties, we we got another first. That's right. Now, you may recognize Vic Wildcard Stone from previous shows. If you don't recognize him, that's easy to understand. He kind of blends in. But apparently he was in a band once. And this band uh, is called Volcana. And tonight, 
we're going to talk with the guys of Volcana, the two very talented members of Volcana, and the guy who does the rest of the stuff. So, guys, uh, Glenn and Jeff and Vic, welcome to Heavy Metal Horde. Thank you. Thanks. Thank Glad you. Yes. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. Uh, this is fun. I, I'd say, um, you know, I've listened to Vic's music. I, I like, I'm a fan. I mean, we, we bust his balls because we love him. Um, you know, I like Vindicator and all, but I love Volcana. Um, it, it is more, way more in my wheelhouse than than the, the thrash of Vindicator, as good as it is. Um, so I'm I'm actually really excited because um, I'm I'm a fan of the music. I really dig it. Cool. So, um, all right, you know, we're going to start with some background questions, and uh, we know so much about Vic. So you know, Glenn and and Jeff. I mean, Vic, you're welcome, of course, to chime in. Yeah, no well, worries. I, I, I included questions just for you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Because I know you like. Oh, you know, Vic loves to talk about this stuff. He does so like I'm going to throw talk. it in there and say, mm, Vic's going to jump in this one. But Glenn <laughs> and Jeff, um, let's talk about about you guys. And uh, when did you first get into music? Uh, should I start? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I I uh, started. Oh my gosh. When I was probably like four, uh, I, I got into drums just from watching, you know, uh, my dad would always have like classic rock stuff on TV. And I just remember like, it was like Beatles, Hard Day's Night. They would always like take sh- like close shots of uh, like Ringo's hands playing. And for some reason, I just remember like this one close shot of like a, a pretty fast fill, like fast for me being like young, just remember seeing like the sticks hitting the drum and I just was like I want to try that I don't know what that is and then of course you do like the regular stuff like tinker toys and like pots and pans and then I kind of I took lessons for a while and then I kind of just like stopped playing for a while and then my sister's friend showed me like early Metallica out of complete nowhere and before that I was just listening to like only the stuff that was on in my house which was like my mother's more into like you know like reggae and like Grateful Dead and then I was just, honestly, I was such a weird kid. I was just listening to like fucking soundtracks. I would, I would yes. just, <laughs> like, I would just like movies and then I would get the soundtracks and I would like, cause a lot of like popular stuff is on those soundtracks. So you, mm-hmm. you like, right. I remember listening to like the 1998 Godzilla soundtrack. Yeah. And it has, um, <laughs> oh no, no, I mean, that's, it, that's final war. Sorry, man. It's, it's so weird because like, they have that version of like cashmere with puff daddy <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and i Damn remember these hoes they step it on my toes <laughs> and like dude what's so weird is that like <coughs> fucking page and um and uh what's his name uh, uh, john paul jones oh. yeah i they Plant. they were all into it oh. like they yeah i remember hearing on that it. yeah because so they I, got they got this. Yeah. And they were oh. going to get like a million oh. downloads from this and like, oh, look, we made a million bucks this weekend. What do we do? Nothing. Yeah. Some guy named PD did something for us. Yeah. So that's the thing. I was remember like just listening to like soundtracks, but I was always um, drawn to the heavier side of the of soundtrack. Like remember like the Beavis and Butthead movie? Yeah. Like that had sick. Like I, I loved them oh, yeah. first and then got the soundtrack and like White Zombie is on there when they're like tripping in the desert and that awesome song. Like, I just remember always liking the heavier stuff on soundtracks. And then from that, I branched off to the to those bands and then, you know, right. listen to each one of those discographies, and which leads me to blah, 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 blah. You're playing, playing, playing. And all of a sudden, I met Vic by playing on a tour where I was hired to play in this band Seven Witches on drums. And Vindicator was um, was touring with us. And I remember just like gravitating to hanging out 
with his dudes like a lot more because I felt more of a connection like in that way, you know? Vic has talked quite, yeah, about a, just, uh, quite a lot about Seven Witches. Oh, dude, it was a, it was a blast. Those guys were awesome. I just yeah, remember that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I just remember always like, like we would we would be the ones like messing around like in the in the outside like filming weird shit, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it was just so much fun. But that's how I really started playing was just listening and to as much stuff as po- I could possible. And then I started taking drums a lot more seriously when I was introduced to like excuse me, like early Metallica. And I heard like the actual sounds of the drums. I, I didn't realize like something could be played that fast and that aggressive. Because mm-hmm. before that, I was just always going, you know, the regular one, two, three, sure. and four. But then I heard, you know, like this yeah. like crazy. And you're like, oh my God, how, how can a person do that for that? Like for five full minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you just start playing and playing and playing every day. And from there, that, that's really it. Yeah, I never understood the the vitriol that Lars Ulrich gets. No, for, for, I mean he does he's get a, a lot a, of hate. He's a good drummer. I mean, he, he, yeah. I mean, he serves the music, serves the song. That's the but key the, thing but, is that he I mean, serves. Yeah, like he but then when you hear writer. stuff like on Dire's Eve, <laughs> yeah. I mean, those incredibly yeah. fast double bass beat. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, I I don't understand why he, he he's an hate. easy target. Yeah, I guess Metallica because they're so successful. I guess maybe. Yeah, well, it's because the music has changed too. You know, tempos and it's well, it's a lot of things. When they when they took on Napster, that was like a big nightmare because that was a generation of people just pirating music, and they took them on, and that kind of started, I think, a lot of it. You know, but I mean, you know, sorry to sidetrack, but you know, Lars is Lars has gotten kind of rustier these days which is understandable yeah. you well, know i think i don't think he, he definitely doesn't play all the fills i mean his drum set's half the size it used to be um right. you know and i'm i'm not gonna i mean the guy's 50 years old or yeah, exactly old exactly five exactly. or whatever yeah i'm not gonna fault him for simplifying Did, uh, some of those crazy things it's like exactly. no one's there to hear every intricate note they just want to jam to the songs right you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bust his balls for that man. right I mean, yeah, they're, they're still playing three-hour shows every night. I know it's crazy. Yeah. You know, did you guys? Down, yeah. Did you guys see the thing where Headfield like kind of had like a breakdown? Yeah. yeah. But people were oh. shitting on him for that for being human. Yeah. He he was like, yeah. man, I he's like, I just feel like the old guy. I feel like an I, old I'm, guy. I'm, <laughs> but you yeah, know I mean, what? he is like a fifty-something billionaire pretending to make thrash metal, so it's like, well, what are you even right. still doing this? Right. Like, but I, I don't know. I don't know. blame the guy, frankly. <laughs> right. But it's like I get it, like like people shitting on him for having like for being human. I, I like to see the human aspect of stuff, you know. Like the guy struggled with addiction for a long time because yeah. he relentlessly spent half of his life on the road, you know. Well, that's a that lot stuff of people takes its who toll. never people who never played music don't see these people as human and don't like right. They know all the stories, but they don't put them in context. Like this guy doesn't sing as well as he used to, or he has a revolving door of band members. And it's like, right. yeah, have you ever hung out with a junkie before? Cause like, you know, these guys were junkies for a while. Like why isn't right. David Mustaine as good at singing as he used to be? It's like, I don't know. Have you hung out with like hard addicts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you sung, have you sung for 40 years? Whole, like, yeah. Also right. like, yeah. Have you, do you know anyone that age who can shriek like that for his record? Hell no. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, Jeff, what about your, uh, what got you into music? Um, I was into it really early. I was like the kid who was like elementary school when it was like the school bands playing. And I was like, yes, 
like yeah. front row. Like it's, <laughs> I want to get like, where's the loudest instrument? I want to sit by that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got them to let me start school band a year early. Um, I played the tuba because it was the biggest, loudest instrument. Nice. Was there you go. Yet. So my intro to music was actually the tuba. <laughs> but then, That's awesome. Uh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. And then my friends and I in like fifth grade probably saw like whatever sitcoms they make a band standard episode and we're like, we should make a band. Um, and like, randomly, I got a tuba. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. Like, let's go. And like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had like a little keyboard that I was like, maybe I want to play this, but it never really went anywhere. I didn't get lessons. And then uh, I heard Black Dog on the radio. I grew up in like rural Pennsylvania. So there was just classic rock everywhere all around me all the time. And my dad was into like all the cool 70s bands. So yeah, I heard Black Dog in the riff and I was just like, whoa, I think I want to play guitar now forever. And I was like 12. And then it was this really frustrating, weird year of my life. That's like bizarre to think of now. But I asked all the adults around me, what's the name of the song that says, hey, hey, mama said the way you move. And everyone was just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> we didn't know the names of songs back in the day because I don't know what it is. I guess everyone just thinks art is dumb where I grew up and never really cared about it. So I was like on this weird, bizarre quest. And I remember being at camp the next summer like a year later and hearing the song and going up to like whoever was running basket weaving merit badge, which and being like, for the love of God, if you can tell me the name of this song, I will be forever in your debt. I'll make She's a fucking like, yeah, dude. It's black dog. It's a classic. So I finally got to like scrape together 10 bucks and go buy Zep four, um, which was pretty sweet. And then that year for Christmas, uh, my mom had like a hippie friend who got me the song remains the same on VHS, like the old purple and yellow cover one. Yeah. And my friends and I watched that shit every weekend for like three years. Like we could sing every lick in the 27 minute dazed and confused. We were just like, yes. this is the shit. Like this, these people are wizards. This is amazing. <laughs> so then like I really started playing, um, everything I could get my hands on got really into classic rock, got really into like new metal. Cause that was the thing at the time. Um, at some point, a kid from like a bigger city in Canada moved to my town and became friends with my older brother. And he was like, Hey, you're actually pretty good at guitar, dude. You should check out these bands. And in one day I got exposed to, uh, Rhapsody, Ingve Malmsteen, and Dream Theater. And yeah. it was just like, man, because before that, I had spent six months learning since I've been loving you, note for note. And I was like 14 or 15. So I was like, I guess I'm the shit now. And then, like, I heard Trilogy Suite. It was just like, oh, back to practicing, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh yeah all that stuff and then from there i just got into like wider music and just started trying to listen to everything and understand everything and went to school met a thrash band called meltdown we dropped out of school and moved to la uh we ended up changing the name to mantic ritual uh which is how i met vic uh mantic ritual broke up and me and the bass player were just like playing with whoever would let us go on the road and drink beer because we were like 22 
and ended up doing some dates with Vindicator and just hanging out with these guys because we liked hanging out with them a lot more. And I don't know, just been playing ever since nonstop. Great. Like, so Balkan is like a, a band of orphans, <laughs> you know, in a way. Like, you know, like we are in other bands, but we like yeah. this, these guys better. Let, let's farm another band. Totally. And Vic yeah. and I found out that we grew up like two hours apart and lived these like weird little parallel lives. Yeah. Like he yes. was the Cle- in the Cleveland thrash band. I was in the Pittsburgh thrash band. And <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and two working color, you know, blue collar cities, yep. you know, yeah. industrial, post-industrial. You know, so yeah. yeah, it makes it makes sense. Pittsburgh's got a lot more hills, though. I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> as in Cleveland, yeah, yeah, and you're not Definitely. nearly as disappointing as Cleveland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's that's cool. So, what is it about metal that attracts you to it as a genre? Um, I mean, first it was like I was a pissed off teenager with like a lot of, you know, I was bored. Um, I like that it was loud. I think like the, the like dramatic over the top theatricality really got me going at first. That was always really cool. Like the teen angst stuff helped get me into it. But then when I found like the virtuosity, I really went nuts when I found out that like, wait a minute, there's guys who were doing like this pissed off badass music, but it's actually like way better than the stuff my parents listen to and like no old people and authority figures can come in and tell me this is silly now. <laughs> nice. What you Glenn? That's that's so similar, man. I had I had like a very parallel thing to to Jeff too because I was just playing like classic rock stuff too and then all of a sudden like I was exposed to dream theater as well. And like like all that like neoclassical prog stuff is like awesome to listen to because well taking it from like all right i started like really liking metal you start with metallica metallica is a great like gateway drug band and then you just you start with that they're awesome they they're gonna start with the the old stuff and then yeah getting into like insane prog metal drumming and just when you realize like like jeff said when something could can be super badass sounding but also for some reason it sounds weird oh that's because it's in 1916 like or something but 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 it's fun but it's not I I like when music like that is you could tell I don't think that they go into the room and they're just like that this next one is going to be in six and then it's five then let's just do like four three two how about that like that would just seem trivial like when the riffs just are like you could tell maybe the riff was like something in four four but then maybe like another little thing at the end was added and it's just natural that it's just going to feel a little weird but I always like was attracted to that side of metal later. But uh, same way as Jeff, too. I was into like, you know, like corn for so long because it's like groove, the groovy, heavy stuff. Like when you're right. like, yeah. th- when you're like 12 and 13, like and I, I was like, like low tunings. I was I don't know why something totally. about I had it. a seven string for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like once yeah. once you hear like I remember, OK, yeah, I love I love this. And like Metallica standard E. And then I was like, OK, thing that should not be. That's why does that sound sick? Oh, it's in D. And then I heard like. And then, you know, you hear like you're a corn like song. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and then it's like, it goes from like, eh, eh, and then we're like, now we're like, boom. And you're like, what the heck? So like, I feel like this is yeah. such a drummer guitar thing. Cause you went for like the rhythmic aspect of being like, wait, this is different. And for me, it yes. was like, 
yeah. harmonic and melodic stuff where yeah, like see, that's I true. learned all the classic rock and it's all blues based and like right made a band in high school we learned four hours of covers and it was mostly classic rock stuff yes and yeah I learned all that stuff and I could shred pentatonic and improvise but then like I got into power metal like I got into dream theater a little bit but then I found symphony x and was like yeah yeah and yeah. it was the fact that like wait a minute you guys know how to use all the notes in between the pentatonic scale notes. Yeah. Like you're, it's not just the blues scale notes. You know what to do with all the other ones. You're taking all these chords that shouldn't sound nice. Yes. But they do. All and the jazz chords, the minors yeah, and the 13th stuff. and the jazz weird chords. fucking sixth. And, and it's like, how yeah. is this a catchy chorus when it's changing keys halfway through? What right. the fuck? How <laughs> are you doing this? And like, I know. So scales like that. And also like symphony X is one of those bands that knows how to make like, Egyptian sounding music sound like insanely badass. Yeah. Right. So yeah. finding the like, like those scales. Just that there was so much out there. I mean, I yeah. go to see classical music more than I go to see heavy music now Dude. because oh, of all yeah. those bands. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love classical. But yeah, man. Cool. Wild. So you kind of you kind of mentioned the, this kind of question about you know some of the, the people you've grown up and liking and and you know your musical influences and heroes. So have you had a chance to meet any of your musical heroes at all? And if so, you know who did you meet and what was that like? Jeff, you want to go? Like most of them. <laughs> you did, you? did you? Did uh, you? Who have you met? Uh, I met Corn once. The whole that band? Uh, most <laughs> of them. Uh, yeah, we played a festival with him when I was in Warbringer, and like every colonel, he met every colonel. Yeah, every yeah, last every, colonel. Yeah. Did they like throw baloney cool. at your ass or something like that? It was like <laughs> it was years later. I you know I had kind of gotten out of them in high school, but yeah, I was maybe it was like my mid twenties, and I joined Warbringer for a little while, and we played Metal Days. I think it was still Metal Camp, the one in Slovenia. And it's this yeah. crazy mountain drive to get in there. So everyone's like queasy walking around just like, oh, and the bands yeah. all had this food in the cafeteria area. And I'm sitting there like dumping out a tray of food with a bun hanging out of my mouth with Carlos, the drummer. We're like, Ugh. and we turn and he, he goes like, oh, hey, how's it going? And it's, we just literally bump into Jonathan Davis and we're nice. like, hey, and he's like, hey, oh shit, are you guys from America? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, Man, we've been in like places where nobody <laughs> speaks English for two weeks, and we can only talk to each other, and we're driving each other nuts. Do you guys want to hang out for a second? And we're like, yeah, all right. And he was, uh, no, we're good, cool. thanks. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, how's it going? Oh, you're in L.A. Yeah, I lived in L.A. when my band was all huge and I was being a rock star, but you know, I just moved back to my hometown and bought a beat up pickup truck, and I hang out with my redneck buddies from high school again. <laughs> like, sick, but. He was actually like kind of meek and nerdy, like you would have yeah. hoped. But I was like, man, right. my 14 year old self is jumping for joy. Like they were my first concert. And yeah. so I had to run into all of them and just say what's up and be like, yo, I bought a fucking Ibanez seven string because of you guys. And they were really <laughs> cool. I don't know. Yeah, they seem cool. That's cool. I met, yeah, I met Symphony X a bunch of times when I was, it was like their first US tour. So my friends and I were all in high school and we would go see them every time and stay yeah. after to get stuff signed. And they were just like, holy shit, you're not like a 45-year-old Queensryche fan? What's up? And they were like super cool. They tried to sneak us into a 21 and over show once, but they failed. But I don't know, a lot of good lessons. Like I remember they played the same venue as Rancid on the same night. And 
I'm like talking to Russell Allen, like my vocal God, whoa. And like, I'm in high school when you like identify with this shit. And he, uh, some like drunk ass Mohawk kid comes up and he's like, man, can you get me? Like my girlfriend's in there. And like, I don't even do nothing, man. And he's just like, yeah, cool, man. Let me help you out. And like sneaks this kid in the back. And I'm like, man, that band, he's going to see some bullshit band who just plays power chords and whatever. Your band's way better. And he's like, it's all rock and roll, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, that was an important lesson to be like, shut up, you little fucking music snob. You don't even know what you're talking about. Rance is actually really good. <laughs> That's great. Speaking of, uh, that punk impersonation, back, uh, though, that was, that was yeah, amazing. I love yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you could you could do that you know on stage. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Romeo just released his new solo album, which is fan fucking tastic. Both those yeah. world, worlds, one and two, but this second one is, oh my god, close my mind. A lot of notes on that record. Oh my god, a lot of notes on that record. Underrated guitar player. I really do. He is just fantastic. But, yeah, I always liked his writing. Like, I feel like he's to me the only guy who took all this like atonality stuff from 20th century music and like gave it a reason to be there like it's not in the songs just fucking because it's like you actually wrote songs that need all this prog stuff like it doesn't it never feels crammed into me so yeah that force like, like his ideas yeah yep. how about you glenn have you uh, met any of your um musical heroes yeah just well not too not too too many i've met um i i've met the full band dream theater when i was like 14 they were all really nice dudes um i was really little and that oh my god that was nuts that's so long ago now but they were cool um then i saw i met mangini the new the new drummer mm -hmm. and he was really cool my my friend went to berkeley and he was a um he was a professor there and i actually asked him if he like remembered my friend he did and he was super kind and i don't know if you guys have ever seen him do that like one-handed fastest thing Yes. so like he literally it's like, buddy, can, like buddy rich used to do he can yeah he can, he has like the world record now of doing like the most you know uh single beats in one minute and like he could do it with one hand so basically it sounds like like ticket 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 tick tick just with this and so i was like dude if i have to ask you i'm i was just about to leave and i was like how do you can you like show me really quick how you do it and he was like let me ask you how do you think i do it and i was like um like fingers like like scooping the stick and he's like nope and i'm like wrist and he's like nope and i'm like i don't how oh, how are you possibly doing that and then he like reaches around and like hits like right here and and i was like what are you doing and he was just like it's that muscle in there and there's like little boston accent he's like it's the muscle right in there and i'm like oh wait this here and he's like you got to flex that and it goes up your arm and 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 I'm like, dude, how do you? I don't know. And he's like, he's like, he's <laughs> I like, don't have that muscle. <laughs> wow, like, that's pretty cool. I mean, so he was weird. really nice. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't met too many other, like honestly, like here. I I actually don't like. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't like to meet heroes either. Like sometimes, like yeah, I wouldn't. Dude, want, it sucks sometimes. Like I, I don't. Pete Sandoval when it was fucking dark. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes I just like I, I I wouldn't want to look up to someone so much and then have that situation where they're just like, yeah, like like fuck off, kid, like that kind yeah. of attitude. Yeah. I would hate yeah. That, it's, it, once that happens, then you lose. You're never a fan again. 
Yep. Has you that know, has that ever happened to you? Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 talked about that. Yeah, on the tell show. them about the Gene Simmons. Give yeah. me the Gene oh, Simmons story. No. It's Everyone, my favorite story like, because no. of what he does. The re, the retaliation that Montag does is the all time best retaliation that a person can do. So go ahead what and give them. I I was I had done a a, uh, a proposal for a joint venture with Kiss to be a part of a, a, a it was a basically an educational teaching tool I, I used to teach english and so i, I created a comic book uh yeah. grammar man and i was doing a new grammar handbook and i wanted kids to be a part of it um helping teach a lesson on different types of nouns i thought that'd be kind of fun you know and that's I'd get awesome. a lot for most yeah and so i brought some really nice pages to them you know and i met them out in vegas at a meet and greet and gene liked it he thought it was a pretty cool idea and he you know but he never got back with me like one way or another so yeah a year later they were in cleveland i'm like okay i gotta go see i gotta find out you know one way or another so um you know paid the other thousand dollars for another fucking meet and greet and oh man so he remembered me you know so did eric singer by the way he's like hey i remember you we had another meet and greet right I'm like fuck yeah how, how'd you fucking yeah. remember me but anyway so i'm asking gene i go hey you know i got this i just wanted to you know what get your thoughts he's like you want my assessment i go yeah he goes you don't want my assessment i'm like oh i'm like i just stood there like, like such as my heart day. just like fucking broke i'm like fuck yeah come i mean on. dude why didn't you fucking just say no yeah or just all yeah. you had to do was say you know it's not something that kiss wants to be a part of but thank you for offering it to us then i would have been fine you know i'm yeah, okay right. with handling no but just to be such a fucking dick yeah I hate so it. i'm like oh i'm just fucking broke because i mean i i loved gene simmons from when i was like 10 years old and i was a huge kiss fan wanted to be gene simmons that's why i got into music you know and so i called my wife i'm like just devastated like oh fuck man i what a horrible shitty thing, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go sit at the show. Like, I'm not going to fucking enjoy the show now. My my heart's just <laughs> broken. So I go out to my seat, you know, front row, right in front is Gene's microphone. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, he's going to be 10 feet from me the whole goddamn show. So my, my heartbrokenness turned to anger. I'm like, you know, I've been a fan for so fucking long. That's not the way you treat your fans. And then I thought, what a better way to get revenge as my, as as Vic loves. So what I started doing was I lifted my shirt up, showed him, <laughs> I put, stuck my gut out, and I just started smacking my belly <laughs> every time that he walked by. And about after the fifth or sixth time, I saw it on his face because you know he's got to be in the moment. He's got to be. He's got to be. You know, Gene. Yeah, you I got thought, to him. But I saw it. I saw him look down and go with that look of disgust <laughs> on his face. I'm like, yes, fuck you, Gene. I got two of you, you motherfucker. All you had to do was treat your fan nice. Take That's that, how I got him, bitch. Yeah, and so like, I'm like, and then once I knew I had him, once I knew I had him, I'm like, yeah, lifting up the shirt. Fuck you, Gene. Yeah. So that was how I got my gene story. Belly that's slap why, assault. Love belly it. Belly slapping him. Yeah, and that's, that's awesome. why um, I'll never be. Don't uh, make me slap my belly at you. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to come on the show, that's fine, but I'm not going to be fucking nice. I'm going to tell him, you listen, you were a dick to me. You didn't have to be a dick. So, Gene, yeah. if you want to come on and apologize, fine. Otherwise, stay away. <laughs> we don't really need you, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> so there. Cheers. Yeah. Belly slap. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail that one. But no, that's, no, man. I love cool. the that's fine. Slapping that's the belly at That's a good story. It's a good story. Yeah. All right. So, Glenn, who is your favorite metal drummer? Um, I'd, I'd say it's probably Lars, to be honest with you. Like, I know it's like, like a weird thing because everyone attacks you, but like we were talking about before, I mean, he's 
literally if if i didn't have that dude i i wouldn't get then it would it's an easy mike portnoy probably second and mm -hmm. if you watch like i i know that i play i kind of take a lot of influence from that dude and i kind of try to expand on you know i take those kinds of fills and then i i kind of try to add in like old 60s influence like bonham style and like those kinds of little fills here and there mm -hmm. but i'd say probably honestly it's like i'd say lars Ulrich circa like 86 to like 91 okay like great like fast aggressive and just yeah yeah uh, and groove groove metal drumming i just like i like his ability to lay down like he would like kick on every beat just nailing something and then he would know yeah. when to like do something in halftime so i really i yeah. i love like that kind of feel when something goes into half and it's groovy yeah and right. justice for all is my favorite album of theirs oh um, here look it's, hang it's, on. it's technically yeah go ahead yeah. look at this hang on so i got this thing <laughs> because that's totally my favorite record too i had to buy the giant box set oh you got the box nice. Nice. all right cool. where it has like literally everything and like you hear like the the demo tapes and the riff tapes and everything yeah, you get the version with the get... bass put back in yeah yeah there is one out there and it's not bad on, on YouTube, yeah, I, I heard yeah. it on some guy on youtube yeah, was putting it in and like yeah. wow yeah. it sounds so much different with the bass in there yeah mm. it's crazy yeah. what was that what was that thing happening Vic, you could probably answer it like on the guitars because they were so high. It does that like whoop whoop noise. Is it that? Is that from the, compressed? <laughs> yeah, that, that's like partly from. The, I think they were using uh, Mesa V's. Was yeah, that Mark Fives? A, is that what it was on that record? So that's already like uh, a really low end kind of yeah gain. So and the production's real dry on that it record is. as well. So it's Super you know dry. probably. You get a little bit of. I mean, the guitars were super bass heavy. Yeah, there's yeah. like no, because there's no bass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know? because they were it was tracked so many times over and over and layered and layered and layered. Yeah, that was resulted in that. So, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, do you like the uh, like guitar leads on that record? Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because I'm not like a Kirk Hammett fan, but that yeah. record yeah. riff, dude, like yeah. it's great. You know, Mainly why? I'm I am like... the Lightning guy myself. Yeah, like I like the European gross, dirty kind yeah. of sound but like yeah just those rips dude <laughs> yeah yeah because it sounds like they like thought of those leads you know before they wrote and put them down right right yeah, they're right. well composed yeah it's they were like, yeah know, that's like pete kirk for me is like yo you had yeah. skills for a minute there bro right right yeah, yeah. now he, he plays kind of like messy now yeah yeah, I don't know. So, he wears those cool shirts, though. Guitar Center cover sessions they do. His guitars yeah, are really cool. Uh, He's got cool horror guitars. He's a big horror fan. Yeah. He's got cool actually, horror guitars, but he and Trujillo do those things where they go out of, like, just guitar and bass and cover oh, classic so bad. It those sounds are like 13-year-olds so... in Guitar Center. It's horrible. Yo, those are so cringy. It's embarrassing. <laughs> like, I'm embarrassed that I like heavy metal when I see that. I... I mean, sometimes I don't know. So I have a love hate thing with with them live now because I see those vi videos and I'm like, you guys, this sounds so weird. They are really <laughs> sloppy live. They, you know, it's a lot just, of their songs are fast. And no, sloppy. I mean, no, but the, this is a thing that they've been doing now. Where yeah. I've not where, seen the uh, Guitar Center shows though, so I don't yeah, they'll oh, you just gotta look. They're bad, man. Yeah, they're yeah like, it's like they'll, they'll, they'll be play in the like stadium a, and it'll be like, let's go play like a celtic frost song but it's just kirk and rob and yeah it's bad and we can't it's play it and bad. i'm like 
you know how many like uneducated 14 year olds I've seen go out and crush this shit with way yeah. better attitude and group <laughs> or whatever like get out of here it's embarrassing so. because when I saw them back in the day earlier when they were doing like merciful fake covers I mean they they were that on they were you know spot on yeah they used you to know, curse the pharaohs like, and stuff and you know, that was yeah, a young yeah. man's game dude if you go look at all the dinosaur bands now they all have like a drummer who's my <laughs> Yeah, right. And like yes. I'm already goddamn near too old for this shit, and you see these guys, and it's like, oh, good lord. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, true. Right, I, right. I, know, I noticed the same thing. Like all these like older bands, they could still rip on guitar, but and they're like 50, but then the drummer's like like my age, yeah. like 30, 30 or something. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think like yeah, I don't some, know. something happened. I think with the nostalgia gets dangerous in metal, man. Like we let Vector right. fucking die while people paid 180 bucks to see the reanimated corpses of Slayer roll around. Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> right. It is. It's. It is a nostalgia thing. You're absolutely right there, and it it oh, snuffs. Man. I think it's it heavily snuffs out up and coming bands. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of so many bands die in the shadow of a dinosaur band like and i'm not saying yeah. that like I, I fucking love those old bands i absolutely do i wouldn't be doing this if it weren't every band from because every band in the 80s you know i love those like, bands. who but... would you rather have seen in 1986 metallica or like whatever fucked up version of like deep purple or sabbath <laughs> yeah right right you would exactly. rather have seen like 19 year old metallica burn yeah. a fucking hole in the stage yes. right yeah and, like see Absolutely. some old ass rich men go out and pretend they know I, what rock and roll is like, i think right. that was like the, like jeff didn't they like open for ozzy and people love them more yeah i mean it's like the story old as time man when you see like van halen going out on their first tour and opening up for like the last black sabbath with ozzy tour and just blowing them away every night yeah. Like, right yeah i mean bands yeah. run a course man like we need to just admit this to ourselves yeah, yeah. But at least i mean never at came least... by, by the time you have never say die that's just a just a weak album man yeah and there's I... some jams on it but like but it's not Johnny, the same like Johnny Blade. Like, yeah yeah man. It's like I like some of the songs on like Perfect Strangers, but it's like some of it just is oh good lord. What did you yeah. guys what you guys think of thirteen? I like it. Cool. But I mean yeah, again, I'll... you know, it's like uh eh, I don't know. It was cool because they knew what they were then. They knew like right. hey, we're like like these like elder statesmen. Like yeah. bands like whenever they know we're like, hey man, we're like the wise elder wizards coming in, like then it's cool. When you're like right. old and pretending you're young, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, right. band, like, yes. I wouldn't have wanted to see yes in the 90s, but yes, five years ago was like fucking mind blowing. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, that's yeah. so weird. But yeah, dude. Um, hey. Well, Jeff, who's your favorite metal guitarist? Ooh. This is tough. Um, can we count Uli John Roth, or is he more rock and roll? No, you're. That's fair. Yeah, any any guitar. Man, Scorps, the Scorps are yours. considered. They're considered. Yeah, really well. Um, I really like Uli Roth because he's like this. He combines like he's got mad chops, but they're not too clean. He's still like this wild '60s psychedelic cat that you could only get from having been there. Like he actually saw Jimmy when he was alive, so. He never got too, like, safe in his playing. Like, I saw him a couple of times just a few years ago, and it was still, like, wild where he was taking chances. And, like, I find metal bands, like, when's the last time you saw a metal band improvise? No, they learn right. everything note for note and play it perfectly and safe. Yeah. And it's like, 
Uli's still like fucking wild and creative and weird and his whole idea of how he approaches music and his tone and his voice and his gear it's like all just fucking bonkers like it's no like just like I don't know. He's so strange and creative and unique. And he has all these weird, like quasi mystic beliefs about his guitar playing and his intervals. And I like, I ran into Kiko Larrero at the airport when he was moving to LA, which was crazy. And, uh, he ended up being like, Hey man, here's my phone number. Let's get a beer. And this was way before Megadeth, but I was really into Angra and all of his solo stuff. You guys want to hang out with Kiko. And like, we went out a beer once. And I was just like, this is too weird, man. I can't pretend not to be a fan. But he was talking about, like, dude, <laughs> we did a show with Uli as a guest. And, like, he has all these cool beliefs about, like, the major seventh is, like. Sean, the shows are nuts. His like he did, you know how every guitar player has the like it descends off into noise portion of their live show of like, at this point yeah. I made fucked up noises come out of my guitar. <laughs> His almost made me throw up. Like he <laughs> hit this frequency that just fucked my inner ear, and I almost fell down at the whiskey. I was just like, what the fuck was that? Like those old cats. Like the yeah. only other person I've seen do the fucked up noise part as well was. I saw the Doors guitar player a couple years ago. I'm like, I'm not even a big Doors fan. But that guy was like, he had like an SG, a little Fender combo, an overdrive, a wah, and a delay pedal. And he got like a thousand sounds out of it. And his psychedelic noise part was like, whoa, you old 60s cats like know something we don't about psychedelia. This is nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Uli... He kind of hits all the bases of what I like because I love like Jason Becker and Michael Romeo and I love Andre from Blind Guardian. I think he's literally the most underrated guitar player in metal. You'll never see him on a list, but it's like go look up the live shit from when he's 19. He's killer. He's yeah. his melodies have always been good. He's never played a bad solo. He's played a million great solos. Never been on a list, but like. I think people don't know. know what to do with that band. Like, what is this band with all these choruses and singing about Lord of the Rings? And, you know, I think yeah, it might like, be like, he's not going to be the popular band, right? He's the, Blind Guardian is never going to be on that list of, like, cool bands. But if you know him, if you're into that symphonic metal, I mean, you know. I mean, they're like the band of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they can still sell out big venues all around the States, which is nuts for a band. Right. Yeah, probably right. a lot, lot bigger in Europe. I would imagine. Yeah, well, my well that's that's you know, Europe. In Europe. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, like I think Uli kind of hits like he's where you know a guy like Andre got his harmony stacking, like probably even more so than Brian May. He's where Ingve got a lot of shit. He's where you know, all the neoclassical guys, all the shredders, all the weird, fucked up, noisy players. Like he kind of did it all and was like. Mm. He's pretty unknown to a lot of people, but he's like at the beginning of so much of that stuff. Mm, cool. And he stepped away from like, imagine being a German metal musician and stepping away from the Scorpions in the late 70s. Yeah, just to right. be like, you know, I think I just want to go explore music. Bye, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> I respect the integrity. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think he was one of the first guitar players, Uli. Well, you guys can correct me. Uh, he really brought the the fr- uh, fretless guitar to the forefront, and oh, it's just cool. amazing. Old, old videos of him and just the, the fluidity of his playing, and 
right on, Jeff. I agree. He's, he's very, I mean, hats yeah, off. He's the man. Fantastic. He's yeah. all of his, like, he learned all the four seasons. Like, he's just wild, man. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about, about creativity and, and process. Um, we talked, uh, you mentioned a little bit about uh, the process. We know Vic contributes the uh, click track and nothing else. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk more about, you know, like what, what song of yours do you have that uh, the most emotional connection to uh, in Volcano's music? Oh, man. Isn't, what's the, fir the first one you ever sent me? It was with Table of Stone. Table of Stone, sick, That's, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is exactly what I like. I love this kind of attitude, this feel. I like when, yeah, it's just like that kind of metal where it's a perfect mix of like, it was just like Sabbath, the, and then like the modern side of like things like with the sword. And then it yeah. had, you know, that like Vic has had style of guitar playing that is just you. So it's you in there too. And it's just like, it was a perfect thing. And it, I like, I write riffs too, like in that vein, in that sound. So then sometimes he'll pull from, I'll send him stuff. You could pull from my riffs. I just don't, I love, I love to contribute anything there. And then like the bass playing is like, so, so easy for me because it's exactly that style that I like. So I, I just felt like that song especially was awesome to hear as a first one. So that's the one I have the most um, connection to personally. Yeah. I just wanted to say Table of Stone is still the one I show people when I'm like, yo, yeah. check out this drummer. Oh, <laughs> dude. Thank you. The way you flip, like, you basically flip the kick and the snare of what most dudes would play on that beat. I'm always just like, dude, this is so cool. Yeah, I really like it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I love that song, man. Yeah, that one has a great feel. For me, Hmm. I don't know. There's, I like a lot of them because Volcano was the first band that I've ever been in where someone said, here you go, dude, do whatever you want. Yeah. That's <laughs> a really Vic good impression of Vic. I mean, it's yeah. almost spot on. <laughs> that robotic voice. Yeah. Here you go, dude. Do whatever. Here you go, dude. Do what you would like. <laughs> it was a text. That's why it's robotic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We should have had them. We should have had you guys on when we were roasting them on the Vic Dictators episode. Oh man, yeah, oh, that was fun. Would have had a field day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like it was cool because in all the other projects, people would always just be like, "Dude, don't do four harmonies." Like, no. And Vic was like, "I don't care, man. Stack up as many as you want. Go nuts." double everything try weird yeah. shit do stuff for the outro put stuff under the verses so um i think glory or doom was where i first got to be like yo this is like the kind of thing i've wanted to write for a long time and that's, someone just that's like, one of yours glenn that's your that's your song that's someone that's did all the hard parts for yeah. me of like giving me a song to work on and all i had to yeah. do was make melodies over it so i like that and close second um the black mist because when vic said do you want to do a full length i said yes if you give me a section that sounds like merciful fate to yes. really fucking rip over <laughs> i fucking love that riff man i i was so proud of myself writing i was like this is a cool merciful fate riff i love yeah, it man i was like i want changes because all the bands i played in before were like thrash bands so it was like, okay, here's the first riff that you have to write a solo over. 
<laughs> All right, here's the second riff. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. <laughs> it's just like, dude, Man, everything is warp speed. In an yeah. E, and like yeah. <laughs> I love all the thrash bands I've been in. They're fucking awesome. One of them recently reunited, having the time of my life. But I was like, dude, I need changes. I need something to bounce yeah. off of, to play off of. So I was like, Vic, the solo sections need to have changes. And he showed me the Black Mist, and I was like, oh, this is gonna fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> nice, excellent. Yeah, dude, that first record was so much fun to play. Uh, <laughs> that, I remember having so much fun tracking drums to that one, dude. Smoke and Terrors, man. That song is so good. That's an old one, too. Yeah. Because Vic was like, hey, I'm going to do like a a full length. And I'm like, okay. And then it was like really short amount of time later. I'm at work and he's like, yo, I got some stuff for you to listen to. And I thought it was going to be like scratch tracks of riffs. And it was the guitars, the drums, and the bass. Like, like, oh, shit. That was like two months ago, dude. (laughs) I I love for I for some reason like I can really record quick when Vic sends me stuff because I feel a, a big connection to it. It just yeah. be, it just becomes easy to to play to because I I can I know like where you're gonna go. Yeah, he's like, a musical dude. Like the music yeah. makes sense. You can hear what yeah. it's supposed to be. I feel like there's, there's like melodic those trends too. Like what like when you feel like from all the music we grew up with, like you know that like when right before in a verse if it's you could tell it's going to end when maybe it's like lifting and it's like and then boom like you know like what's going like i feel like i was recording some stuff for vic the other day it was just literally i listened to it like three you know like three days and then i went in and dude it was like six songs in like an hour and a half and i'm like dude done it's perfect like don't think too quick to or don't think too much either like when when we were when you sent me the the first record of like the volcano stuff i remember like it was old school recording too, because that was before I got like, um, I think I recorded that like, no, I recorded that on the, uh, 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 on the um, interface, but I, I used, I used to record on a freaking, you guys will probably know, you know, remember those like blue Tascam machines? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little four track. And yeah. I would, yeah, oh, yeah. And I, mm. it was, dig- it was digital it, and I had it oh, yeah. right next to me and I would, you know, you could, you could put, the tracks into it and then i would just listen to it and i would have to like literally physically hit the record button to punch in at the same time and it was like a night it was a nightmare so right right before vic sent me those tracks i switched to a real setup with like a a nice uh focus right like nice interface and like i have everything and so i remember him sending me those tracks and i was just like oh dude these are so naturally perfect like and and i remember i had a good setup like even if i would mess up i would just like stop like run over it like take it back a minute punch in again run back to the drums and just keep going and i and dude yeah like like jeff said like he sent it to me and then i was i was done like pretty quick and i'm like dude these are so natural to me because they just felt like like such healthy good like sabathian metal you know yeah 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 it was sabathian dude it was that one that came together pretty pretty quick um because we did the we did the single i wanted to have the single i wanted to do a a single for it because i was going to a metal fest and i wanted to be able to hand them out and the turnaround like kind of 
fucked that up. So I made like business cards and I put download codes on the back. Of yeah, them, yeah. Handed those out instead. But we released that single and I didn't anticipate anything. I mean, there's, there's, I have mistakes in there. I, I, I I've said it before. Like, I think it's on Table of Stone. Like I, I fucked something up and I just left it in there. Yeah, that's cool. I just yeah. didn't care. And it, and it, no, it's like, and people, I, we got such a good response. Well, I remember that, that was supposed to be a demo and you were like, fuck it. I'm releasing it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, fuck it, it's yeah. just a, it's a single now. And it, like, a, like yeah. within yeah, like a week, Austinitize got a hold of me. And I know Luke from, you know, local metal shows and stuff. And he was like, Hey, I think I want to cut my, my teeth on this release. I want to do a seven inch. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And yeah. the great part is that I had already talked, like, I think it might've been the same fucking day. <laughs> dive bomb records got a hold of me and said hey we want to put you on this metal comp that we do and i'm like oh cool i didn't think this would see physical pressing and like that same day luke's like i want to do this on seven inch and i was like ah. oh shit i just said dive yeah. bomb could do it so i got a hold of dive bomb i'm like hey would you be upset about this they're like no not at all just no other cds you know for x amount of time it was like a year and i was like fuck yeah and it got good response and so goddess of flame came together real quick after that it was mm -hmm. pretty natural uh smoke and terrors was originally written with the first batch and so was i think the black mist was written with the first batch and yeah. we shortened it down to a single just because of time constraints and it was like well, we'll just put it out and let people know what we're about and uh you know working like that was kind of tim holsinger's first stab at kind of engineering and stuff and we had a lot of fun with it man it you because know, i'm the same way with everybody that works with me in this project including artist joe gettler so i do all the digital art if it's a digital only release I'm, i can't pay you know 100 bucks 200 bucks for art but yeah. if it's getting pressed, I do art. So typically, if I'm pressing it, um, I'll work with Joe. I've worked with Joe. You know, he did the communal decay art. He did the 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 uh, uh, lion among jackals art. He did goddess of flame. Yeah, and cool. uh, the you know when we get to our next volcano release, uh, I've already got the art for that. So I mean, um, I'm one, and I just you know he's like uh, I just here's the what the album's called. Do whatever. That's how I am. So it was the same thing with like Tim Holsinger as, as engineering this. He'd be like, hey man would it be okay if i put some <laughs> some sounds in here like like and i'm like yeah do whatever you want to do man do do whatever you want to do like if it sucks i'll be like no that's not good but it yeah. seldom sucks you know when you're working with people kind of get what you're doing so that that's one kind of sounds one. like this is how this very kind of loose experiment not a, a quite experimental but you're just giving everyone carte blanche to kind of do what they think is feels good in the moment for that song and, right and yeah. you're allowing everyone to trusting everyone to kind of just bring their their game to what whatever is going to be and 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 the process of seeing how everyone contributes to making the whole right that honestly it's like christmas for me when i write songs and i write songs i sat on feast for for i think three a couple of years at least i thought the song sucked and i said you know what fuck this 2020 was a bad year for everybody and it was a real dark time for me personally and uh so you know going back to the that's the song feast i have the most emotional connection to because i was very beat up it was a rough 2019 for me and it rolled right into 2020 with everything going on you know so i had all the same emotions everyone else had plus some on top of that so that song was really personal for me but i you know i just i don't know what i just i said fuck it i'm gonna do it and these guys turned that song into a stellar fucking song you know yeah, i so sent good. i sent them something that i just thought this song's really not that good and when i got it back from glenn and jeff it was way fucking better and so it's like christmas to me when i send these guys mm -hmm. songs I, I can't wait to hear 
all the new stuff. It's like opening gifts. Each because he's sexy, you know, because Glenn gets it first. And it's the drums bass. It's like, yeah, and now I get to hear yeah. the sounds. Then I get to hear the Jeff soundscapes. It's and it's it's awesome. It's the whole process. It's a very smooth, easy process. And because we're, you know, we're a studio band, there's there's no there's no real super pressure on stuff. You know, we're not science, we don't have a label breathing down our necks, like, hey, you got to get us these, these tapes or anything, you know. So the workflow is pretty easy and it, oh man, it's, it, this has been an absolute pleasure. I don't even know what the question was, but that's where I went. No, that's cool. I was, was going to ask this is you why they don't let me talk. Emotional it's, connection. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm glad you've talked about being a studio band. Cause um, you know, if you need someone to come in like Brian Wilson, when he was recording some of those uh, albums and just kind of going crazy. Um, if you need someone for the next Falcano record to come in and like do some belly slaps, you know, Dude, I, yeah, I'm totally ready to rock that. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to rock that, you know. And uh, <laughs> well, I mean, do you do you play out at all? Do you do any kind of touring at all, or is it all? There's soon? no there's no touring or live shows, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll never happen. So we well, I'm recently... going to skip all my touring yeah. questions then. So I guess well, we these ask... guys have toured. But just not yeah. as Volcano. So I don't know if you. Well, want Well, that's true. It, that's true. Wait, you, I mean, you, you could you could I ask mean, them, or you could pass them because this no, band has technically toured. It's up to you. No, I mean it's cool. I mean, I'm just going to ask you know the fun things like, what's your favorite food to eat on the road? Right, oh, dude. I love, um, I love like like any like spicy nut from like a <laughs> from like from like a shitty gas station in the middle of Louisiana. I'll just get like a shit ton of hot nuts you know <laughs> nice. hot nuts dude hot dude, nuts, hot nuts, hot nuts. Hot bring nuts. it bring the hot, hot nuts dude hot nuts and also on tour is the only time that i'll be down to get to like if i'm driving it's like 2 30 i'll get like a nice cold like monster energy i never i don't do energy drinks but on tour i'll i'll slam one of those down <laughs> or maybe i remember dude vic on that seven witches tour they had me driving and it was like three in the morning and like some back backwoods road in louisiana and i remember looking at like the lines in the road and they started to like come off the road <laughs> and I, and I, dude and I, at one point um the dude jack was like you're a rap bro and i was like, <laughs> and I'm like i gotta well, let me pull over let me let me just pull over like really quick and he's like yeah all right and i just remember like going to a gas station getting like a monster energy and i i definitely got nuts but yeah it gets like, weird man yes yeah it yeah. just gets like weird just to look down and see that i mean i and i just did another like short weekender with like i'm in this i'm in this band called reese van riper he's like like the main dude and it's it sounds like old southern like cream like credence clearwater mixed with like alice in chains and nirvana hell yeah dude yeah it's weird it's wow. like very okay. had me at credence yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> man I, know. I, grew up, yeah. I grew up listening to ccr you had me there man that's excellent yeah so it's yeah. like that mixed with like alice or like some ugly grunge but I toured with so him we for got, a little bit, but yeah. Nice. So we're going to have, yeah, not born on the bayou, born in Seattle. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's excellent, man. Oh, cool. But that, yeah, uh, to answer your question, hot nuts. Hot nuts are any occasional uh, energy drink. Uh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, Or like Jeff. a lot of coffee, a lot of coffee too. Yeah. Okay, how about you, in man? Here, in here. Um, I don't know if there's a specific food. I mean, a lot of coffee. Yes, um, because your sleep schedule is just ridiculous and it changes every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think the best meal I can remember having. um, There's this woman named Birgit Haugen. They call her the Metal Mama, 
and she shows up to like every show in Colorado and she knows every band. She's this old German lady who just fucking loves heavy metal. What? And she knows every band and she knows like who has someone who has celiacs, who has vegetarians, who yeah. likes what. And she'll show up with just like crock pots full of food and Tupperwares for you and just be like, here, because you always, you eat like shit for like a month at a time and it yeah. takes a toll, man. It's like, yeah. everyone's malnourished and awful and you're drinking all the time and <laughs> everyone just looks horrible by some point. <laughs> so even if she like can't have you crash, she'll be like, you guys can swing by my place and like shower and shave. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I think uh, I think we you froze, like, Jeff. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Oh, there froze? you are. You're, yeah, you froze for oh, a you're second. Good now. You yeah. were in oh, a cool pose, though. You had a cool pose. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's like one of those people who just makes it possible for metal to exist by just being like, "Yo, yeah, you want to like support a band?" Like people are always asking, like, "Do you make more money if I buy your CD at the show or online?" The answer is. Fucking neither. If you want to help a band out on the road, buy them some food that is not, like, greasy yeah. and awful. Like, buy them something with oh. vegetables in it so they actually, like, are nourished for another day of their lives. And, like, <laughs> that will help a band out. Right, right. Nice. Okay. Well, that's that's all. That's important. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we don't know. Uh, you know? Um, we don't look at don't the bands that. that are on a certain <laughs> level of of touring and, 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 uh, success, you know, we see the stories of the big bands who make it and they got the craft services and, yeah. you know, all these catered affairs, but like, yeah. you know, so many bands that we have talked to, um, are, are similar in your situation. Like you're grabbing the hot nuts at the, at the station or you're yeah. like eating crap. And Dude, Vic was talking about going to the Vindicator. He would yeah. buy a thing of ramen noodles and he'd have a ramen cup. That Dude, was just, um, that's, that's what I did on, on you know, my, and, and my like, and I'm, I'm cup getting, of noodles like, every day. It's, yeah. like, yeah. it's like being a college yeah. student in a way. I mean, I went to yeah. college and like, you don't have any money. Our mm -hmm. McDonald's on Tuesdays had, had 30 cent hamburgers. Yeah. It's awesome. So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go and spend you know, three dollars. Yeah. I'm going to get 10 hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, and, and toward the end of the semester, you know, you're out of food coupons. You don't have money. I don't want to ask Dude. my parents for any money. And, and then, you know, our microwave broke down. So I'm like, Oh fuck. So I have these refrigerator full of like cold hamburgers and it's May. So it's not warm, but I would open them up on the windowsill and like pry open that cold bread <laughs> and it would tear and leave them in the, in the sunlight in hopes that the sun <laughs> would take some of the frost off of these burgers. Right. You know, I mean, that's the shit you do when you're yep. in college or like you got nothing else. I got, I got a can of fruit, you know, fruit cocktail and I got a, I got a little bit of cornflakes left mm -hmm. and I'll just dump the cornflakes. Yeah. In the can like, of cocktail. New meal, baby. Exactly. And that's what yeah, you're eating, right. No, no, man. I, I, I get it. That's, <laughs> My first know, band would do this thing where, we were given 10 bucks a day to eat on. We were opening for like Rotten Christ and, uh, you know, it was January. And our first, it was 17 days with no break was the first leg of it. It was like a 30-day tour. The first break was day 18. And we were like Ooh. teenagers. It was our first time oh. on a big run like this. We had no idea what we were doing. We're freezing. It sucks. And you get 10 bucks a day to eat on. So we're like, all right, well, let's do the math here. What's the most effective way to do this? So we were buying cans, canned food and we get that like little, you know, you could get that like green salsa, like salsa verde in a little can and like beans and corn and like it's safe, but you're yeah. sitting there with like cans of food, like a hobo 
<laughs> we would get little bowls from gas stations and just mix up these meals with like marinara or whatever else to <laughs> flavor it. And we'd eat it and be like, well, it's nutrients. And the best part was once in a while, the promoters would see us and just be like, oh, God damn, you know what? I'm just going to buy you guys a pizza right now. <laughs> was that $10 yeah. for the whole band or $10 each? $10 each. Okay. Which for like a day's food is that's not much. No, it's not. I mean, no, you yeah, got to like save a lot. Be. You know, you can buy a can of corn for 29 cents, but yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. It's not, a, that's not a whole lot. Um, yeah. Which is weird. Cause when you tour in Europe, it's nothing like this and all the older bands, like we played shows with like, I don't know, everyone we played with were like, we got to get you guys to Europe, man. It's not like this over there. Cause in America, they're just like, Here's two beer tickets. Fuck off. Get a job. I'm yeah. like, for some reason, mad at you for being here. <laughs> it's just like, sorry yeah. for playing your venue. I don't know, man. Like, so you get like nothing. You go to Europe, and I, I, I toured Europe once, and it was everything they said. You get there, and they're like, oh, man, I brought like three of my big ass muscly friends to help you guys unload your gear. Yeah. Uh, we're like, oh, we'll get loaded in now. And they're like, no, 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 you guys were just in a van for like, what, six? Where I, you guys played eight hours away yesterday? They like checked. And they're like, no, 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 sit down for a while. Take a break. It's fine. You guys need somewhere comfy to sit here. I'll make sure no one comes in and bothers you here. Sweet. And then they'd help you unload and they'd have like sandwich stuff laid out. And they'd be like, sorry, it's not much. And we'd be like, are you fucking serious? It's amazing. And yeah. They'd have like yeah. healthy food laid out for you to eat. And then... They'd be like, cool, tell us what you want for dinner. Here's like a big-ass menu from either here or some local place. Tell us where and when you want it to be served to you. Yeah. I'm just like, I feel like I'm in fucking Van Halen, dude. Like, what is happening right yeah. now? Nice. Yeah. And so, then you come back here, yeah. and it's like, uh, I got you guys a bag of Doritos for all of you. There you go. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, can yeah, I have a beer? And they're like, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, end up paying for it like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's great. Uh, I love that. I love that. Well, for those of you who've been on tour, all of you have been on tour in different bands, uh, can you tell me your most Spinal Tap-like moment on tour? Yeah, uh, I have a good one. Um, so... There was on that Seven Witches tour with Vic, there was a lot of moments where there was just like a lot of bad luck happening. And it was just like, you know, there was one moment where like we went to Boston and played the show and then the promoter came out at the end and we wanted the money and we thought it was supposed to be like three, $300 each. And the, and the guy was like, no, it's 30. Like you see, you see it here. Like, why would you say it's 300? And like, there was this huge, like crazy uproar that happened. And then there was like something wrong with the car, maybe one night. And then, you know, just this and that, like just problems with gear. Uh, I remember Vic, I was playing the show at uh, that Ripper's Rock House or whatever. And I was using your brother's double bass pedal. Yeah. And like, and the, and the, the spring just exploded. And I felt, felt, I felt so bad. And I was just like, what the, it was the last night of tour for us. So that was okay. We almost didn't get to play that show. Did I ever tell you that, that Tim Owens was like, if you guys don't promote this on Facebook, you're not playing the show. And I was like, are you serious? We're providing backline. So do you want a show or yeah? Like what? 
Yeah, what, sorry. Now, that... for those of us out here in TV land, Victor, what is backline? Pretend that some so, of us don't know. Yeah, Vindicator was providing like the drum kit and the cabs, like the band, like seven so backline is, in... is what? Gear. gear. We were providing the gear for the headliners. And... There we go. They wouldn't have had gear if Tim Owens wouldn't have let us or would have made, stopped us from playing. So Ed Stevens as so you as, smacked your belly at Tim and you said we're providing yeah. the backline. I had Ed and do it. Ed, was, Ed his... was in. Ed played in bands with him. So Ed had his number and got on the phone. And was like, "Hey man, what's the deal?" And he's he's like, "Oh, you're a vindicator. I didn't know." And yeah. the, the story the 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 story changed after that. Can you just share it from your Facebooks? I really need people to come. It was like, "Don't be a dick, Tim Owens." Yeah. Okay. It was weird. Are you going to tell him that story when, it, when when he comes on? Yeah, I'm going to say, quit wearing fucking monster hats all the time and don't be a dick. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say to him. So that that tour, yeah, there was like moments like that, like weird shit. And then the the most Spinal Tap moment, I mean, it was, just, it was just so funny. Like we walked in and there were so many bad things this day before this show. And they were like, like I was outside and one of the dudes was like, Glenn, can you just come in for a second? I was like, yeah, what's up? And he's they're just like, man, this shit is so fucked up. They're like, look at, this is where they want us to play. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, look right here. And I looked and dude, it was just the smallest little box of where we had to play on the floor, right next to a bar in the middle. It was someplace in Houston. And I was like, are you serious? Like, this is it. And then like, they just looked at me for a second and then cracked a smile and they were pranking me. And I was like, dude, I was believing you. And then you couldn't see if you went around the corner, there's a massive stage. <laughs> and I, but I was like, right, this, this is what we're doing. And I are we like, going to play fucking Stonehenge? Nice. My, I, like, my, I think my most Final Tap moment story is actually from that tour as well. Yeah. What was it? It was Detroit when we played Detroit. And so we had in oh, our, yeah. in, in our trailer, we, we were taking some of uh, seven witches gear. Cause they had, well, you guys were driving around in like some little small fork. It was, it was like a door rab, thing. It was like a rap four. And I was right up against Lapan the whole time. <laughs> it was great. So we had yeah. some, we had like Jack Frost's head was in there. And yeah, some yeah. other stuff was in there and dude, we, we, yeah. it wasn't, we had this system where somebody always checked the trailer before we left right it was one of those big trailers with the door that came down off the back like the ramp door yeah so it was, it was justin was supposed to check it he was the guy doing playing leads for us at the time and it was oh, his trailer yeah. mm-hmm. and his it was his truck and uh we loaded stuff on there and he had the last thing so we just got in the the truck and he gets in and we're driving down the road and we're we drive for like 10 15 minutes in detroit mind you stopping at lights and shit it's, it's sketchy out there and Dude, this guy comes up next to us. He goes, rolls his window down. He's going like this. And and we're like, dude, don't fucking roll your window down. This guy's going to shoot us or something, you know, like he yeah, couldn't like- shoot us through the glass. But so we do. We're like, all right, because he looked like a metalhead, too. And he's like, dude, he goes, dude, your guys' trailer's open. Oh, We've been driving down the door, dragging that that door down the road. It was like sparks were shooting off of it and shit. Oh my and dude, God. the drums were stacked right at the back of it, and not a single fucking thing fell out, man. That's so lovely. We drove for 10, and Justin got mad. He's going, why the fuck did you guys check the trailer? And we go, dude, you were the last one to put something oh in there. Oh, my God. Why it... didn't you shut it? That's <laughs> it insane. Awesome. I can't believe, no, I can't believe, like, just someone didn't rush out of the shadows when yeah, we were, yeah. like, stopped at it. Because we right. were stopped at a few lights and yeah. just steal everything on the end. But nothing yeah. bounced out. I mean, dude, we were, it was, I mean, we weren't doing like 65 down the highway. It was probably 35. Right. So we hadn't got on the highway yet, but 
But dude, if that guy hadn't caught that, we would have, and all kinds of shit would have flew out the back oh of that God. trailer, man. That was pretty wild. I think that, that might that be is, the most Final Tap moment I've that's had. That's awesome. I've had some other ones, but none quite like that. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? I think my most literal Spinal Tap moment was the first time I ever played here in Seattle. Um, we're at this venue called El Corazon. We're opening up for Rod and Christ. And uh, we were trying to find the stage, like from the backstage. There's like an upstairs, and it's like a maze in the back. And I literally did a like, you know, you get like, all right, let's walk. You grab your guitar. Oh, cool. Yes. Strap out on the stage. And I walked into like a fucking kitchen where people <laughs> were like cracking out food. It was just like, oh my God. Oh, it's real, isn't it? It's real. Nice. Um, Hello, kitchen. Every silly gear mishap possible has happened at like, you know, sometimes the worst part of the show or like. Mm-hmm. I guess the main one of those that comes to mind is um, I joined Warbringer and I had two rehearsals and then my first show was like a festival in Sweden and it was like, oh shit. And I'd never done like the big festival stage before. I'm like, all right, I got this. And immediately I sit my pedal board down and I'm like, my cables aren't nearly long enough. It doesn't even reach nearly back to the amp. I'm like, oh no. And I plug it in. And I'd never plugged in my shit in Europe before. And one of my pedals literally just had like a little cartoon puff of smoke come out of it. Oh my God. <laughs> just like, uh, just like, well, no lead boost. <laughs> like, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. It was just like, well, here we go. <laughs> Day one. But I've had stuff where like one time, uh, Mantic Ritual back when we were still meltdown, we're playing, uh, uh some really ratty punk venue in pittsburgh called mr Roboto, and uh the singer and i would always like lean into each other all 80s style to play this riff it was the end of the set and he had noticed hey like you know the the polarity thing you see in old movies how old stuff has switches that go up and down and it's because the polarity of the circuit might be different and you can get fucking electrocuted if you don't match it right (laughs) so it used to be the crew would flip the switch and then tap the mic and be like, okay. So Dan kept being like, dude, the mic is zapping my lips. And I'm like, weird. It's not happening to me, which should have made me think I shouldn't touch Dan. <laughs> but at the end of the set, we're covered in sweat and we make full arm contact. And it felt like somebody just socked me in the face like it was the hardest electric shock i've ever had and i just like come to still chugging that fucking eighth note in the middle of one by one like leaning against the wall and we're just staring at each other like what the fuck was that oh shit that's amazing my old uh my old amp had that same thing i had a box buckingham and it had one of those switches because there was a couple shows where i was getting fried Mm-hmm. and I, i'm like what the fuck is this you know mm-hmm. and of course they didn't have any screens on it so but then i said oh okay you flip the switch and i'm not gonna die and look at electrocuted so yeah like, okay that's Scary nice stuff. yeah that's nice <laughs> excellent um those are all good stories man it's it's nice to know that uh no matter what the scenario situation the band there's always something that can get fucked up you know? oh, oh yeah no i yeah. like that <laughs> this is doug helbring and you have been listening to heavy metal horror the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs>